when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord James. Stately plump bug bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Amy Sackville. They drove on past Brian Borrow House, near it now. I wonder how is our friend Fogarty getting on, Mr Power said. Better ask Tom Kernan, Mr Daedalus said. How's that, Martin Cunningham said. Left him weeping, I suppose. Though lost to sight, Mr Daedalus said, to memory dear. The carriage steered left for Fingless Road. The stonecutter's yard on the right, last lap. Crowded on the spit of land, silent shapes appeared, white, sorrowful, holding out calm hands, knelt in grief, pointing. Fragments of shapes, hewn, in white silence, appealing, the best obtainable. Thus H. Danani, monumental builder and sculptor, passed. On the curbstone before Jimmy Geary, the sextons, an old tramp sat, grumbling, emptying the dirt and stones out of his huge, dust-brown, yawning boot. After life's journey. Gloomy gardens then went by, one by one. Gloomy houses. Mr Power pointed. That is where Childs was murdered, he said, the last house. So it is, Mr Daedalus said, a gruesome case. Seymour Bush got him off. Murdered his brother, or so they said. The Crown had no evidence, Mr Power said. Only circumstantial, Martin Cunningham said. That's the maxim of the law. Better for 99 guilty to escape than for one innocent person to be wrongfully condemned. They looked. Murderer's ground. It passed darkly, shuttered, tenantless, unweeded garden. Whole place gone to hell. Wrongfully condemned. Murder. The murderer's image in the eye of the murdered. They love reading about it. Man's head found in a garden. Her clothing consisted of. How she met her death. Recent outrage. The weapon used. Murderer is still at large. Clues. A shoelace. The body to be exhumed. Murder will out. Cramped in this carriage. She mightn't like me to come that way without letting her know. Must be careful about women. Catch them once with their pants down. Never forgive you after. Fifteen. The high railings of prospects rippled past their gaze. Dark poplars, rare white forms, forms more frequent, white shapes thronged amid the trees, white forms and fragments streaming by mutely, sustaining vain gestures on the air. The felly harshed against the curbstone, stopped. Martin Cunningham put out his arm and, wrenching back the handle, shoved the door open with his knee. He stepped out. Mr Power and Mr Daedalus followed. Change that soap now. Mr Bloom's hand unbuttoned his hip pocket swiftly and transferred the paper-stuck soap to his inner handkerchief pocket. He stepped out of the carriage, replacing the newspaper his other hand still held. Paltry funeral, coach and three carriages. It's all the same. Pool-bearers, gold reins, requiem mass, firing a volley, pomp of death. Beyond the hind carriage, a hawker stood by his barrow of cakes and fruit. Simnel cakes, those are, stuck together. 
cakes for the dead, dog biscuits. Who ate them? Mourners coming out. He followed his companions. Mr Kernan and Ned Lambert followed, Hines walking after them. Corney Kelleher stood by the opened hearse and took out the two wreaths. He handed one to the boy. Where is that child's funeral disappeared to? A team of horses passed from Finglas with toiling, plodding tread, dragging through the funereal silence a creaking wagon on which lay a granite block. The wagoner, marching at their head, saluted. Coffin now. Got here before us, dead as he is. Horse looking round at it with his plume skew ways. Dull eye. Collar tight on his neck, pressing on a blood vessel or something. Do they know what they cart out here every day? Must be twenty or thirty funerals every day. Then Mount Jerome for the Protestants. Funerals all over the world, everywhere, every minute, shoveling them under by the cartload double quick. Thousands every hour. Too many in the world. Mourners came out through the gates. Woman and a girl. Lean-jawed harpy, hard woman at a bargain, her bonnet awry. Girl's face stained with dirt and tears, holding the woman's arm, looking up at her for a sign to cry. Fish's face, bloodless and livid. The mutes shouldered the coffin and bore it in through the gates. So much dead weight. Felt heavier myself, stepping out of that bath. First the stiff, then the friends of the stiff. Corny Kelleher and the boy followed with their wreaths. Who is that beside them? Ah, the brother-in-law. All walked after. Martin Cunningham whispered, I was in mortal agony with you talking of suicide before Bloom. What? Mr Powell whispered. How so? His father poisoned himself, Martin Cunningham whispered. Had the Queen's Hotel in Ennis. You heard him say he was going to Clare. Anniversary. Oh God, Mr Powell whispered. First I heard of it. Poisoned himself. He glanced behind him to where a face with dark, thinking eyes followed towards the Cardinal's mausoleum, speaking. Was he insured? Mr Bloom asked. I believe so, Mr Kernan answered, but the policy was heavily mortgaged. Martin is trying to get the youngster into our tame. How many children did he leave? Five. Ned Lambert says he'll try to get one of the girls into Todd's. A sad case, Mr Bloom said gently. Five young children. A great blow to the poor wife, Mr Kernan added. Indeed, yes, Mr Bloom agreed. Has the laugh at him now. He looked down at the boots he had blacked and polished. She had outlived him, lost her husband. More dead for her than for me. One must outlive the other, wise men say. There are more women than men in the world. Condole with her. Your terrible loss... I hope you'll soon follow him. For Hindu widows only. She would marry another. Him? No. Yet who knows after. Widowhood not the thing since the old queen died. Drawn on a gun carriage. Victoria and Albert. Frogmore. Memorial. Mourning. But in the end she put a few violets in her bonnet. Vain in her heart of hearts. All for a shadow. Consort not even a king. Her son was the substance. Something new to hope for. Not like the past she wanted back waiting. It never comes. One must go first, alone under the ground, and lie no more in her warm bed. How are you, Simon? Ned Lambert said softly, clasping hands. Haven't seen you for a month of Sundays. Never better. How are all in Cork's own town? 
I was down there for the Cork Park races on Easter Monday, Ned Lambert said. Same old six and eightpence. Stopped with Dick Tyvey. And how is Dick, the solid man? Nothing between himself and heaven, Ned Lambert answered. By the holy Paul, Mr Daedalus said in subdued wonder. Dick Tyvey bald? Martin is going to get up a whip for the youngsters, Ned Lambert said, pointing ahead. A few bob a skull, just to keep them going till the insurance is cleared up. Yes, yes, Mr Daedalus said dubiously. Is that the eldest boy in front? Yes, Ned Lambert said, with the wife's brother. John Henry Menton is behind. He put his name down for a quid. I'll engage he did, Mr Daedalus said. I often told poor Paddy he ought to mind that job. John Henry is not the worst in the world. How did he lose it? Ned Lambert asked. Liquor, what? Many a good man's fault, Mr Daedalus said with a sigh. They halted about the door of the mortuary chapel. Mr Bloom stood behind the boy with the wreath, looking down at his sleek combed hair and the slender furrowed neck inside his brand new collar. Poor boy. Was he there when the father, both unconscious, lighten up at the last moment and recognise for the last time all he might have done? I owe three shillings to O'Grady. Would he understand? The mutes bore the coffin into the chapel. Which end is his head? After a moment he followed the others in, blinking in the screened light. The coffin lay on its bier before the chancel, four tall yellow candles at its corners, always in front of us. Corny Kelleher, laying a wreath at each forecorner, beckoned to the boy to kneel. The mourners knelt here and there in praying desks. Mr Bloom stood behind near the font, and when all had knelt, dropped carefully his unfolded newspaper from his pocket and knelt his right knee upon it. He fitted his black hat gently on his left knee and, holding its brim, bent over piously. A server bearing a brass bucket with something in it came out through a door. The white-smocked priest came after him, tidying his stole with one hand, balancing with the other a little book against his toad's belly. Who'll read the book? I, said the rook. They halted by the beer, and the priest began to read out of his book with a fluent croak. Father Coffee. I knew his name was like a coffin. Domine Namine. Bully about the muzzle he looks. Bosses the show. Muscular Christian. Woe betide anyone that looks crooked at him. Priest. Thou art Peter. Burst sideways like a sheep in clover, Daedalus says he will, with a belly on him like a poisoned pup. Most amusing expressions that man finds. <laughs> Burst sideways. Non interest in judicium cum servo tuo domine. Makes them feel more important to be prayed over in Latin. Requiem mass, crepe weepers, black-edged notepaper, your name on the altar list. Chilly place this. Want to feed well, sitting in there all the morning, in the gloom, kicking his heels, waiting for the next, please. Eyes of a toad, too. What swells him up that way? Molly gets swelled after cabbage. Air of the place, maybe. Looks full up of bad gas. Must be an infernal lot of bad gas round the place. Butchers, for instance, they get like raw beefsteaks. Who was telling me? Mervyn Brown. Down in the vaults of St. Werbera's, lovely old organ, 150, they have to bore a hole in the coffin sometimes to let out the bad gas and burn it. Out it rushes, blue. One whiff of that and you're a goner. My kneecap is hurting me. Ow. That's better.
The priest took a stick with a knob at the end of it out of the boy's bucket and shook it over the coffin. Then he walked to the other end and shook it again. Then he came back and put it back in the bucket, as you were before you rested. It's all written down. He has to do it. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem. The server piped the answers in the treble. I often thought it would be better to have boy servants, up to fifteen or so. After that, of course. Holy water that was, I expect, shaking sleep out of it. He must be fed up with that job, shaking that thing over all the corpses they trot up. What harm if he could see what he was shaking it over? Every mortal day a fresh batch. Middle-aged men, old women, children, women dead in childbirth, men with beards, bald-headed businessmen, consumptive girls with little sparrows' breasts. All the year round he prayed the same thing over them all and shook water on top of them. Sleep. On Dignum now. In Paradisum. Said he was going to paradise or is in paradise. Says that over everybody. Tiresome kind of a job. But he has to say something. The priest closed his book and went off, followed by the server. Corny Kelleher opened the side doors and the gravediggers came in, hoisted the coffin again, carried it out and shoved it on their cart. Corny Kelleher gave one wreath to the boy and one to the brother-in-law. All followed them out of the side doors into the mild grey air. Mr Bloom came last, folding his paper again into his pocket. He gazed gravely at the ground till the coffin cart wheeled off to the left. The metal wheels ground the gravel with a sharp, grating cry and the pack of blunt boots followed the barrow along a lane of sepulchres. The ree, the ra, the ree, the ra, the roo. Lord, I mustn't lilt here. The O'Connell Circle, Mr Dedalus said about him. Mr Power's soft eyes went up to the apex of the lofty cone. He's at rest, he said, in the middle of his people, old Dano. But his heart is buried in Rome. How many broken hearts are buried here, Simon? Her grave is over there, Jack, Mr Daedalus said. I'll soon be stretched beside her. Let him take me whenever he likes. Breaking down, he began to weep to himself quietly, stumbling a little in his walk. Mr Power took his arm. She's better where she is, he said kindly. I suppose so, said Mr Daedalus with a weak gasp. I suppose she is in heaven if there is a heaven. Corny Kelleher stepped aside from his rank and allowed the mourners to plod by. Sad occasions, Mr Kernan began politely. Mr Bloom closed his eyes and sadly, twice, bowed his head. The others are putting on their hats, Mr Kernan said. I suppose we can do so too. We are the last. This cemetery is a treacherous place. They covered their heads.